Hi, my name is Nilay Boo. And I am Bavik Tari. And we are Burning Questions. We are a podcast that aims to educate viewers in current world dilemmas, STEM, and business enterprises. So let's dive right into it. All right, so today's question is about how COVID-19 changes the future of data analysis and AI. So as you all know, COVID-19 has been taking over the world. Because of this small inf- uh, disease, we are forced to stay at home, uh, go into quarantine, and you know, just live off our internet for the entire day. Yep. So now we're going to basically delve into how COVID-19 has basically uh, used uh, how the quarantine has basically confined us to our homes and how that's going to basically affect uh, business enterprises in terms of AI and uh, data analysis and uh, what the repercussions and uh, some of the advantages of this are. So um, I'm just going to start off by talking about how um, AI and data analysis work for those of you who would like a refresher or don't know what that is. So essentially, AI is uh, artificial intelligence and AI basically uh, teaches machines or computers to think like humans. And the goal is to help them think rationally and make decisions like we do. Uh, And there are different types of AI approaches, like there's uh, machine learning, which is a subsection of AI. And there's also uh, there's also approaches that are very uh, data heavy that basically take um, a lot of experiences into account and then and then basically formulate decisions on those experiences. Um, a lot uh, examples of AI include uh, chess engines, which basically formulate thousands or billions of possibilities. Um, in a chess game and then essentially choose the best move and calculate the best move. Um, And data analysis is basically uh, where you have big sets of data, like in COVID-19 you would have uh, big sets of data, and then you would analyze, uh, you would basically take the, the data and try to extrapolate information from that. So you would look at some of the, you would look at some of the um, effects of that data, such as you would see trends um, across the data, and this can be done using like computer programs to essentially uh, go over the data and then and then essentially take out extrapolate mathematical uh, trends and math and make mathematical graphs out of it, and basically see uh, how um, how the data is is functioning essentially. So. Well, yeah, thank you, Nilis, for that in-depth explanation. I think that's really going to help our audience understand what we're, what we're going to be looking at today. So as you guys all know, COVID-19 has put us in a ton of uncertainty. And because of data analysis and AI, companies are trying to use these, use these uh, knowledge to make it easier for all of us to understand and get through this uncertainty together. So as Nilay was saying, 
they're using data from the past and collecting data right now to understand the current situation and they're using this to help make decisions for the future. So, so Neela, can you tell us a bit about how companies are using AI right now? Yeah, so essentially um, with AI, uh, it goes hand in hand with data analysis actually, because um, with AI, we're kind of, uh, they're kind of modeling scenarios essentially. Uh, so at the beginning, uh, one important thing to note is that at the beginning of COVID-19, we actually didn't have a, a lot of data. And actually for model-based AI, um, uh, model-based AI programs, uh, a lot of data was needed. And so we needed uh, model-free approaches essentially, which could, which could essentially analyze uh, COVID-19 without a ton of data. But that was a bit of a, a bit of a concern, especially since uh, modeling without data um, can lead to a lot of uncertainty. And that's why, that's why experts uh, usually don't get to formulate any solid opinions or any solid, uh, any, any solid or concrete um, standings based on, uh, during, the, during the beginning of the uh, pandemic, because it was hard to, it, it was hard to analyze those um, those trends or those or those consequences because there wasn't enough uh, enough data to account for all of the uh, uncertainties and and human behavior and you know you know how we have like uh, lockdown so essentially the thing is that a lot of a lot of people actually disobeyed that order and sometimes our data our analysis models aren't flexible enough to account for those situations so i think uh the the advent uh that was created from covid19 allows us to essentially progress our ai and make it uh more flexible and and a few a few uh ideas uh, that go towards this is basically like i said earlier accounting for human behavior and accounting for contingency situations kind of like how uh, businesses do. Um, the thing with businesses is that it's a very qualitative, uh, it's a very like quality-based approach essentially. Uh, so they try to they try to account for um, uh, unprecedented situations. And so in the business world, this is actually very common. But um, I think the the advent of COVID nineteen is allowing us to also move this uh, contingency idea to. Um, model-based AI uh, simulations and, and programs. Yeah, so basically to just make it more clear for the viewers and to help summarize, you're saying that because as COVID is unraveling, we'll be, we're going to be able to get more data from the way people are behaving or responding to the situation. Like you said, for example, like, you know, rebelling against these quarantine uh, quarantine rules or you know or striking out for what they truly believe for example like black lives matters like that's a completely reasonable way for people to come out and express their hate for you know abuse of police brutality so are you saying like after taking all of these into account companies are getting a better data so that they can make better decisions and understand what's going to happen yeah i think okay i think these events like blm and uh, other events that the the um, 
that we don't regularly account for, like people disobeying the quarantine. Although those could be for good reasons, like Bavik mentioned. Um, I think those those events, those variabilities, those outliers in the data essentially allow um, companies that focus on uh, data analysis and AI to essentially integrate uh, more flexible systems into their current framework. So basically, we're able to we're able to look at uh, economic downturn. We're able to look at we're able to look at uh, disease pr progression in a different lens because because of the fact that we are um, progressing our data to are progressing our um, data analysis skills and our AI and our AI capabilities in order to upgrade to to uh, deal for deal with this uh, pandemic essentially. All right. That's that's pretty cool, actually. So, once when do you think like businesses will have, or do you ever think businesses will have enough data to actually like come up with solid answers using AI and data analysis, or do you think it's always going to be have a bit of uncertainty? Okay, so in regards to that question, um, I think uncertainty on a big data scale is unavoidable because when you look at a big data set, you generally always have some sort of outliers in a big data set. And what I mean by uh, you, you're generally having outliers in a big data set is it, to put this into perspective, right? If I had if I had 10 data points on a graph, right? It's uh, I've only taken 10 samples here. And within those 10 samples, the likelihood of there being uh, some variability within one of those data points is, is, not, is not so huge, right? Because you could take 10, 10 samples from a big population and they could, they could reasonably align, like they could reasonably work well together. But when you take um, a huge amount of samples and then you account for all of the all of the protests, all of the uh, like uh, disobeying the the quarantine order, and then you know uh, a lot of like unprecedented situations, you can you can really map these outliers into into the uh, new new systems, and you know. Um, uh, in terms of accuracy, I think that uh, you know what, how, like the way that we're going into COVID nineteen, a lot of the emphasis is on time constraints essentially. So we want to be able to analyze the data fast because you know people are dying. We have to, we have to get this, we have to get this analysis done as quickly as possible because we want to be able to um, give information and use that information to save lives fast. And sometimes that does come at the cost of uh, of a little bit of accuracy. Um, and to to speak to that point, there is um, there's actually a new data. Uh, there's a new like AI model. It's it's not new per se, but it is it is becoming a lot more popular. So it's essentially minimum viable AI models. So essentially, minimum viable AI models, as the name suggests, basically tries to use. Um, minimum time and it's it's basically supposed to be uh it's supposed to be like effective and it's supposed to um, basically minimize the risk uh, in the event that in the event that um your 
the uh, the data the data doesn't pan out essentially. Essentially, for for the marketplace, it's supposed to minimize the risk for uh, product launches, and we're actually applying this for uh, COVID nineteen because it has it has about like um, it has about like seventy five percent of the accuracy of of current data models of regular data models, um, but it takes twenty five percent of the time. So it's really it's really a trade off that you have to think about. Um, if you're taking one fourth of the time, but you have seventy five percent of the accuracy, um, it could it could be something to look into because you could sacrifice a little bit of accuracy in order to in order to get that information out there a bit faster in order to in order to save lives. Um, and you know, there's there there are ways to increase that seventy five percent accuracy. You could you could escalate it a little bit, but um, that would obviously require a lot of uh, investment, and that's also dependent on our um, on how much our government or how much these companies want to uh, funnel into the minimum viable AI models, essentially. So, um, in regards to your question, Bavik, I think it uh, it really it really depends on on how we on how we approach it, with what models we approach it, and and how it's going to work out in the end. So, Oh, yeah okay that's actually really great insight for all of us so so you were saying how they use data to come up with decisions right so right now do you have any examples on top of your head of uh, companies that may have used uh, you know AI or data analysis to push out some data for the public um okay so there are certain like uh, disease-based ep- like epidemic uh, like uh, like there's a lot of there's a lot of um, companies that deal with healthcare that are actually trying to basically account for uh, COVID nineteen data fluctuations because of course you know hospitals are are kind of getting an increase in um, increase in patients due to COVID nineteen and so a lot of these big pharmaceutical and healthcare companies are actually. Are actually um, having to deal with the advent of creating more more sustainable data models um, and essentially upgrading upgrading their current uh, systems. in In terms of uh, in terms of like specific names, um, I believe there's there's some uh, there's some like health there's some like uh, government um, healthcare like companies with marketplace. Uh, health insurance that are are uh, really delving into this. Um, I think uh, some of the some of the biggest healthcare companies that are that might be looking into it are like uh, Cigna Corp, Cardinal Health, maybe Anthem Incorporated. Off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's good to know that lots of companies are making use of this, like especially during this time when data is really important to overcome a bit of uncertainty. Although, like you said, we might not get a hundred percent accurate answer, it could potentially help save a ton of lives for as for as much as we know. So, I know like lots of companies right now, for example, like you know, restaurants or like hair salons, all these places have seen a decline in customers. So do you think data analysis or AI can 
help help us uh, figure out what these companies can do and like when these customers are gonna like start returning? Um, the thing with uh, data analysis as of now, I think the predominant focus is on is essentially on analyzing the spread of the disease. And I think in terms of the business model, it is, there's a little bit of a, uh, in terms of like helping small businesses, there might be a little bit of a, a lack in developing an AI model in order to predict, uh, uh, in order to predict like resurgence trends in some areas. But I think I think there are some some uh, pe- some people are working on on resurgence trend uh, based uh, models. But I think the predominant focus is probably on you know curtailing the spread of the virus and containing it. Um, but I think based on based on the miles driven, I believe there was a there was a location based. Uh, a component to one of these models where it basically analyzed um, the the amount of miles driven by each person essentially that kind of like shows how much they how much they break uh, how much our country as a whole or like states on an individual basis kind of like uh, break quarantine or essentially uh, move around and and like the mobility uh, of our of our um, citizens right now, so I think I think those type of trends based on location location based information could um, potentially uh, show a a resurgence in the population. Essentially, maybe going out more, and maybe going out more means going to the marketplace more as well. So uh, I think it I think it really depends in that in that situation. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so like you know, you're talking about how you can track people and all that using using these new softwares and technology, right? Mm-hmm. So let's consider the ethics. What do you do? You have anything to say about it? Because some people, you know, say it's not really, you know, government should not be tracking or company should not be tracking me and uh, should not be able to know where I am. But on the other side, people are saying it's the benefit for all, and it's, it's a good thing that these companies are making these apps so we can help each other out in times like this um yeah no i i certainly agree that there's an ethical uh concept to consider here because um if you think about it like there's a lot of there's a lot of like there's a lot of like tracking and privacy information involved i suppose but the thing is when you turn your location on like on your phone for example right if you if you put your location data on for like Google Maps or like you know there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of privacy concerns with big companies like Google right in terms of like uh, tracking your location because you know yep. how Google like sometimes like when you take a drive to like I uh, you know your your local store or you're like going to somewhere you're like visiting a restaurant and and you're kind of like inputting all of that data into Google's like search queries and their fields right you you are in a way you're you are storing some some data into their relational database like management systems right so if you think about it like Google Google has had some privacy concerns before and I think that and I think that they may uh, due to this, like due to your location access, like where you're driving, 
and like the locations that you're basically mapping on Google Maps, I think that I think that that um, data can potentially go to big companies at times, and then they use that data to to extrapolate information and then essentially um, essentially create predictions based on that. Um, in terms of the ethics of it, um, I'm not really sh- sure on in terms of the legal the legal uh, ramifications or the legal um, uh, the legal ideas behind it. But um, from a from a micro from a micro scale, it doesn't seem like each individual can really I mean do much about their location access data if Google is is directly storing their information and then kind of uh, you know parading that information around I mean supposedly you can turn off your location access data on your phone so that might be something to to uh, to look into if you're worried about the the ethical uh, proportions of this mm-hmm. okay that's yeah I guess that makes sense because companies can really do anything they want with their data sometimes yeah but hopefully most companies you know respect everyone and their privacy so i mean i remember like many times in the past uh like you know americans or just people in general were just so worried about ai killing jobs like for example amazon you know they're using robots although it's not technically ai but it's like robots doing the making the decisions for the uh for the employees you know figuring out where like you know where packages go and organizing the entire warehouse for them right so people were worried about how it's going to take over their jobs and one day like most lower class people or less educated people might not have jobs right so now that the coronavirus is you know basically killing people around the world the future of the world has turned in a new direction like you know, everything is remote and virtual rather than physical and local. So, the digital transformation of work has finally arrived. Do you really think it'll last? And do you think it uh, it'll might have have an effect on jobs and make more people lose their jobs in the future? Um, you know, I think it's interesting that you pose this question because um, if you look at it from a very holistic perspective. I think that we can see in the past that, um, you know, people, even before COVID-19, of course, like you mentioned, people have been concerned about, you know, robots and and computers essentially starting to, to replace their jobs and essentially displace them. Um, uh, because, because the thing is that, the thing is that like, this has always been a, a ethical concern, right? That uh, if, for example, like if we look at factory workers, right, their jobs are in danger um, of being of being replaced if there is a lot of heavy machinery involved. I believe that, uh, in a way, COVID, like COVID nineteen, is is a bit of a is a bit of a uh, interesting interesting way to to look at it because because COVID nineteen is developing like our technology landscape a lot more because we're like i said earlier we have to adapt and we have to upgrade ai and data analysis and um 
all of these all of these like programming models and paradigms we have to we have to upgrade them in order to keep up with the times right we have to keep up with these threats and you know maybe in the process of upgrading ai maybe maybe we we upgraded so much that that it genuinely does pose a greater threat to to our society in terms of job displacement and uh, and proportion problems, um, and you know, uh, you also you you were also asking a question about the about the whether it'll essentially last, like whether the transformation of the work, digital transformation of the workspace, will last. Um, I think that you know, as we as we get used to it, basically, um, I think it might be a little hard to you know. Uh, to kind of like go back from COVID-19 as surprising as it sounds right like because people are saying people are saying um like that COVID-19 is really has really like changed uh the way that they kind of view work and like it's really changed their work environment and and it's uh and it's it's they're they're they feel uncomfortable with it and it's uh and it's just a very different situation but I think you know, if COVID-19 lasts for a while, which the trends actually show, it, it may last a bit longer, you know, it may it may stay around for a while until we get those those vaccines out. Um, so I think like gradually we could it could have a psychological effect on people like people uh, on, a, on a purely psychological scale. We could see uh, people actually getting more used to a, a digital workspace, and you know there are certain there are certain um, uh, advantages in a digital workspace, such as commute. Right? If you go to if you go to a physical workspace, you obviously wait, uh, take a lot of time in getting to the the physical workspace, and that time is used up in commute. Digital work the, the digi digital workspace could save on on um, commute time efficiency and and uh, other other issues. So I think I think that it may actually uh, change the way that we that we view our, our workplace. Um, and you know, I actually wanted to pose uh, a, pose a question um, to you as well. So um, in terms of uh, in terms of the business aspect, right? What do you think? Um, data analysis and like how do you think COVID-19's uh, effect on data analysis and, uh, analysis and AI is going to affect um, business like business revenue models and like uh, business business uh, production models and um, you know business planning planning um, projects uh, and mm -hmm. like uh, procedures yeah well, yeah that's a really interesting question so like you were saying, like you were describing how data analysis and AI come into play for, you know, maybe lots of companies, right? So what they can do with this data is up to the company, <laughs> essentially, right? They have a ton of data at their hand and now they can use it to predict what people, what they think people are going to be doing. So using AI and data analysis, now companies can predict, you know, like people's confidence in returning. I mean, to, to an extent, you can't, you can't determine everything, as you said before. So, and also, you know, based on this, they can, it, they can calculate and predict how much money they're going to make, how much net profit, how much gross profit. And, you know, they can, they can see 
they can see the amount of money they're going to be making and then how they can use the money in the future because right now many companies are at the risk of bankruptcy because you know not many customers are coming out and they don't feel safe you know going shopping or buying dinner at McDonald's or something so they can companies can use this data to figure out what places they need to close or what places they can reopen depending on where people are feeling more confident or people's attitudes in the area you know sometimes uh, people in in a specific area are just fighting for their lives because they don't have that much that much money so in these poor areas uh, you'll see more people coming out and trying to find jobs or even just going outside because they need to find something to eat or you know just go on with their lives so maybe during with using these data Uh, figure out patterns and make make decisions so that they can make their business thriving again you know and also using data and ai companies can figure out their efficiency models and like you were saying uh manufacturing right so they can figure out how many people they predict uh, are going to be buying their products and with the amount of data they have right now it's it's going to be pretty cool what companies can do with it so yeah data and ai are you know really taking over the markets and business right now because they need to figure out what they need to do because in this uncertain time they need some solid data and they need some really smart people and what better than the computer who's like the smartest thing in the world right <laughs> so they got to yeah. make use of these these tools to get get their job done and figure out what they need to do in the future i really think that's going to be really interesting how these companies are going to be going forward with this approach mm-hmm. and this all up in the air right now we'll just have to wait and see how creative these companies can get yeah um so actually i wanted to uh i i noticed what you said like about how they're able to like basically predict like where people will be going and then basically like um close down locations based on the amount of consumer traffic in certain areas So um you know I think uh I think that uh another question I actually want to pose in terms of like um in terms of having all this data right like as I mentioned earlier like data sharing is a big thing now between companies so yeah. or between uh between organizations so that they can analyze they can like analyze um you know how to curtail covid-19 but what do you think um in terms of a business landscape what do you think about like data sharing in terms of like you know as you were talking about earlier like about the ethics of like location access data like what do you think it'll it'll do in terms of um in terms of privacy and public uh in in terms of like PR management right because uh, i'm sure a lot of people will be concerned over data sharing privacy concerns and um uh and encryption flaws and system vulnerabilities uh that could essentially make like um that could that could cause um you know data leakage uh on on such a large scale you know um hacking and like and data security and encryption methods are are very important so like what do you think um the the impact will be there Uh-huh. So so as we know, you know, 
data is really important for everyone. And regarding you know PR and human resources perspective, many of the people who work in the company uh, they basically give their information to the company so that they know the employee and then like you know the employee and the employee feels safe sharing the data. So many of these companies you know just have a profiling of their employees and in most cases of their customers as well. So this data can be useful for them in the long run so that they can make their decisions. But also, if you think about it, some people don't feel safe. And then like for example, Facebook who had a breach recently in the past and you know are going through a series of court cases uh, trying to figure out what they're going to do. You know, that is a problem. Like uh not many people can control this, but companies are doing their best and their privacy notice, privacy policies to make sure that they're informing customers of how they're going to be using the data and what they're going to be doing with it. For example, you know, many many companies use customer profiling to make uh ads that are appropriate for the customer. Like if the child they're going to make to- uh they're going to make advertisements that are more related to toys or you know maybe like playsets things that children are interested in and not like adult adult related content such as you know maybe like clothing or computers and laptops which kids cannot afford so these type of things they're going to be using this data and like you know recently twitter also got hacked and we saw that many many you know uh top figures out there like jeff bezos bill gates all these all their accounts were hacked by just a 17 year old which is kind of surprising but anyways <laughs> you know how companies are trying their best to protect everyone's data but at the end of the day it's it's yeah it's basically how much money the company puts out there to make sure that breaches as such do not happen and and you know in facebook it was like an employee going out giving the uh, information so that's also a bad thing and also companies have to uh be transparent with their customers about what they're using the data for and what they're collecting so i think that's really important and ethically like you were saying being transparent is one of the best ways so everyone's on board with what you plan to do and what is going to happen in the future right so so at least that way they have like some idea of what they're getting themselves into you know like instead of instead of like the companies just putting like their their data policies you know in their fine print and then just going like and then just saying like oh it was in the fine print you didn't read it like 99% yeah. of the consumers don't actually read the fine print like if we're if we're talking realistically right so i think what you said about transparency is pretty important if they were if they were a bit more um if they were a bit more considerate of their of uh of the of the dilemmas that consumers would have to face in terms of uh data privacy breaches and and what not right so yeah. i think i think uh i think you you bring up a great point there and i also want to cover like you know there are there are situations where we have like data breaches regardless right because when you're de- dealing with such a massive scale of data it's 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 unavoidable like you're going to have a few people that get hacked you're going to you're going to have a few imperfections in the system and you know um in regards to this i, I was just wondering like you know businesses in general for covid-19 have to create 
uh, c- contingency plans. And I also talked about how how it's important uh, that we're kind of developing AI to actually integrate that into into their rational thought um, models to basically like develop contingency plans or backup plans in case anything goes wrong. And uh, an example of this was what we just talked about, which was um, which was data leakage. So I was just wondering, could you, could you give a bit more a bit more perspective on um, essentially being able to to account for unprecedented situations and uh, business contingency plans um, in regards to in regards to data and AI with COVID nineteen? Well, yeah, uh, definitely. Um, you know, contingency plans are something like lots of companies are like you know working towards right now. And because right now COVID nineteen is not something we have every day. It's not like uh, it's not like uh, you know the economy is going down. What are we going to do? It's just it just came out of the blue and it's just forcing us to make decisions really fast. So most of the companies right now are just not right now, but like have been working on figuring out what they're going to do to recover or maybe, you know, just uh, hold on until this thing passes through. So, I mean, many companies right now are looking looking at the data, looking at what they have and trying to figure out when can we open and where should we open. Because not many people, as I said before, are comfortable with coming out or even just working. But, you know, like many places like Costco or Target and just all these companies are enforcing the, the safety laws, like six feet distancing and wearing a mask. So this is like one, one method that many companies are using to be able to keep their business growing. I mean, maybe not growing, but just like, you know, alive at this time and help the customers as much as they can. And also, like, some companies like Amazon, they really don't have to do anything. They're already at home most of the time, and everything's online for them, other than maybe a few few meetings, and maybe they have to come come to offices. But now, they can basically still do the same work, but online, for, mo- for the most part. So, it just basically depends on each company and what, what their values are right now, and where they're at, and how they operate. So... Hopefully, for most companies, they'll figure out a plan soon and be able to stay alive uh, before before uh, everything, you know, as everything starts to grow, like COVID-19 situations. And hopefully, as COVID-19 just disappears, everyone will be able to recover properly and hopefully the economy doesn't sink. Right, right. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely know what you... Uh mean because like uh there's also like you know a post COVID-19 stage right like if you if you think about it like it's not just like what what is what is the impact like currently right you also have to consider the future ramifications the future advantages the future disadvantages um in terms of you know um all aspects of this not just data analysis and AI but that's certainly certainly a big part of it like especially you know economic like recovery as you said that's uh that's something that that has to be that has to be um accounted for because like you know even if even if the risk of the disease is mostly gone at the end 
like there's going to be a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of um, issues that that people have to deal with economically, and there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of like people that are you know struggling to really to get that get food on the plate um, because it's harder to to kind of get jobs after a, yeah after a big economic like downpour from from COVID nineteen. And you know, just to f- uh, finish this off, you know, I just wanted to talk about like how uh, there's there's going to I, I can definitely see that there's going to be some more uh, f- data analysis and AI changes in the future. And um, and you know, a good example of this is that there was actually a data set released uh, recently with uh, open access of chemical compounds uh, that were known for potential antiviral activity in order to support like support like analytics research and machine learning applications and this is kind of like a uh, an important way for our experts to kind of uh, make ai solutions and basically uh develop their develop their models in order to um, create a suitable response to um, COVID-19, so I can I can see how this how this whole data sharing in terms of data analysis and creating big data systems and developing our our analysis is is going to to support our support our way out of this um, out of this disease uh, both economically and you know curtailing curtailing the um, curtailing the disease in terms of like giving people information of what to do and what not to do and then also it'll extend beyond um, COVID-19 as well in the future I believe because you know as we advance we're going to make new revelations in technological fields and that's going to create more jobs in my opinion and that's really going to uh, create create more interest in these in these STEM fields and you know that's also what me and Bobic uh, and Isaac actually support on this podcast you know support of STEM fields and and kind of like going going further beyond we we really aim to to educate and um, and to to express our express our opinions and um, uh, uh, and our passion for STEM. So yeah, Bavika, do you do you have anything you want to add before we go into the closing remarks? Yeah. So thank you guys for you know watching this and supporting us through our journey. We, as Neela said, are really passionate about STEM and business, and really want to educate the world about the different uh, different stuff about happening in the world and relate them back to STEM and business because in the future this is what basically everything is going to be it's going to be revolving around STEM and businesses and making use of the real world situations around us to make decisions so as Neela and I covered we've been talking about COVID-19 data analysis and AI and how it impacts us all yeah um and guys I just wanted to say uh real quick 
Uh, so the thing is, like, um, I mentioned Isaac, right? And he's he's one of our co-creators as well. Um, unfortunately, Isaac was not available today, but we certainly uh, hope to see more of him in the future. He's very he's very uh, detail oriented with the business aspect of uh, of our podcast, and he can provide a lot of insight. And um, guys, you know, we're going to be making a a burning burning questions uh, Instagram, and uh, we're going to be probably uploading these podcasts onto YouTube. Um, and and Apple Music and uh, Spotify for sure. That's probably going to be our main thing. Um, and and we're going to outreach to all platforms, you know, and um, let people know about it, guys. Like we would really appreciate that. Like we would really we really want to um, get our our perspective out there so we can help, you know, give some perspective on current world issues and and kind of uh, you know provide some provide some uh some details about about uh topics that people are are interested in so yeah yeah thank you thank you guys anything else Bob? yeah just stay tuned everybody and we hope to be making more podcasts to help you guys and entertain you all thank you so much for coming this far and stay tuned